That is the song, The Heinous Mr. Hyde. It appears by permission of the Coffin Daggers. You can find it on their album, Monsters from the Id. You can learn more about the Coffin Daggers at their website at coffindaggers.com. You'll hear the song in its entirety at the end of the show. And what show is this? It's Monster Kid Radio. This is episode 25. I am your host, Derek M. Cook, and we're going to talk about Vincent Price. Over at our Facebook group, I've been running a poll asking the listeners which other monster movie icon do you want me to prepare a top three movies list for? We've done one for Bela Lugosi, we've done one for Boris Karloff, we've done one for John Agar, and Vincent Price won the poll, and I didn't want to do it by myself, so I'm bringing along a friend. You guys heard him in July when we had him on the show to talk about the movie Tarantula. It's Larry Underwood, a.k.a. the horror host, Dr. Gang Green. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Vincent Price's past, how he came to monster movies, the impact that he had on monster movies, the impact that he had on Larry, and then in the next episode, we'll actually get to the top three lists. I'm excited to talk about it because really, Vincent Price, between you and me, listener, uh, I like him a lot. I just don't have nearly as much experience with Vincent Price as Larry does, so I'm glad to have him at the table to talk about the man and his work and his impact, his influence, and his suits. And for those of you just joining us here at Monster Kid Radio, you can listen to previous episodes by going to our website at monsterkidradio.net. Of course, you can download episodes of Monster Kid Radio through iTunes directly from our website, or you can listen to it through the Stitcher app for your smartphone. So if you want to go back and listen to the previous episode with Larry, you can do that. If you want to go back and listen to last week's episode where I talked about the movie Matango with the sculptor Tom Beagler, you can do that as well, especially since Tom Beagler has donated an original mini bust from the movie Matango. He has created this mini bust for us here at Monster Kid Radio. We want to give it away here on the show. I'll talk about how you can win that if you don't already know the details at the end of this episode. Also at our website, you can find links to our Facebook group, our Amazon store, our Live 365 channel, a new feature that is currently under construction where I plan to list all the bands and songs that have appeared here on Monster Kid Radio, as well as our contact information, which is our email address, monsterkidradio at gmail.com, or our voicemail line, which is 503-479-5MKR. And for a special shout out on this week's episodes of Monster Kid Radio, one of our listeners did me a solid Remember a while back I talked about having some computer problems? Well, the amazing Tom Doffel hooked a brother up. He got me set up with a new computer, a new machine. I'm actually producing this episode of Monster Kid Radio on this machine, so we're going to see how it does. Fingers and tentacles crossed. I'm excited to try it out, and I'm incredibly grateful for Tom and everything that he's done for me personally by hooking me up with this new computer system. Thank you, Tom. Speaking of other friends of the show, we're going to play a quick promo from somebody you've heard on the show before, and then we're going to get to part one of our talk about Vincent Price with Larry right after this. From a world beyond our own come the forces of nature unleashed. Daikaiju Attack, the serialized giant monster story, presented free every week on DaikaijuAttack.com and SDSullivan.com. Become a member of the Daikaiju Attack group on Facebook. Join the action today.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, living dead and otherwise, I'd like to welcome to the show a good friend of mine, Larry Underwood, a.k.a. Dr. Gang Green, a.k.a. one of the biggest Vincent Price fans that I know. Welcome to Monster Kid Radio, or welcome back. Thanks for having Yeah, thanks for having me back. Definitely. So we want to talk about somebody that you've called your hero in private conversation, Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Big fan. How long have you been a fan of Price? Since I can remember, some of my uh, earliest films that I remember seeing on TV as a kid were Vincent Price films. And um, it's sort of my stock answer. Whenever anybody asks, has asked me through the years in interviews and things, what's your favorite horror movie? One of my answers is always, well, anything with Vincent Price in it. The guy... <laughs> I mean, he just commanded the screen. He just had a, that presence and that voice. He had the, just one of the greatest voices ever. I could listen to the man read a grocery list and be entertained. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just had that quality about him. You know, I'm kind of the way about Vincent Price as you are about Peter Cushing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, so who would win in a fight? Well, I mean, I, I think Price would because just because of his stature, you know, he's a bigger guy, a little beefier. Uh, but uh, I don't know, you know, um, Cushing's wiry. He's got that wiry old man strength. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think it would be a battle of the wits. There you go. There you go. I, I'd like to think that they would just sit down to a cup of tea or something. I, I don't know. I don't know if Price drank tea. Maybe Price can have some coffee and Cushing can do the tea or whatever. But Yeah, they would and, battle it out over a game of chess or something. There you go. There you go. I like it. <laughs> do you remember the first time you saw a Vincent Price film? You know, which one pushed it over for you? No, I don't remember the first time I saw him, but I, I do have a fond memory of seeing House of Wax in 3D. Uh, at the theater, they had some revival going on, and my brother and I got on the city bus and rode across town because it was like a summer, and I think it was a summer, and my mom and dad were working, so we wanted to see it, and, and then, you know, so we rode the bus over and caught it in 3D with the, you know, the red and blue lenses and everything, and that was awesome. I don't, I can't tell you really what the first Price film I saw was. It's probably one of the Corman Poe flicks, but... Mm-hmm. House of Wax in 3D. I've never seen that in 3D, but I do remember watching it on video back in the day. And I just mm-hmm. remember the the guy outside with the yo-yo. With throwing, the paddle balls. Oh, the paddle ball. Paddle That's balls. right. That's yeah. right. He's doing it the camera. Now, the director yeah. of that can only see through one eye, right? He was blind in one eye? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just looking at that this morning, uh, you know, doing a little research on some different films. And, yeah, he had, a, had an eye patch. And it's kind of weird to think of something in stereoscope being done by yeah. you know, a guy with one eye. But, hey. And that was uh, Andre de Toth? De Toth? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm amazed that he had he, – I'm sure he had to rely on other people, like a cinematographer or whatever, to make sure that the 3D parts of it worked. But it, because of that, I feel like there's so much about that movie that that works away from the 3D gimmick. It's a good yeah. film. It's a great yeah. film. Yeah, I'm not sure what the whole technique of, of shooting in 3D is, you know, um, from back then, but – it does seem odd for a guy with singular vision, just missing an eye, to be doing something that's in 3D. But just adds to the whole mystique of it, I guess. Oh, definitely. Good stuff, man. I See, for me, I'm a little bit younger than you, so I came to Vincent Price through The Muppets Show. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a classic uh, episode, man. I remember seeing him on that, and I, th- I remember seeing him in television commercials for the Hangman board game. Mm-hmm. Oh you know, yeah. These these commercials were shot on like an old west set, 
I've got one somewhere in, in the room here. It's sitting right on the shelf here next to my Vincent Price shrunken head apple sculpture kit. So, Oh, man. See, I've seen <laughs> pictures of that online, but I've, I never I have, have very little memorabilia. I'm not a collector. I just don't do it. But that's two pieces of uh, pop culture that I had to have was the Vincent Price hangman board game and the Vincent Price apple sculpture kit. They just yep. were too bizarre and cool. So. Yep. Yep. So Hangman was was something that I saw a lot on TV. And of course, I had to have the set, you know, and I believe doesn't the box have Vincent Price sitting on that Old West set? Yeah, well, yeah. He's, yeah, he's got the I can't really see it. But yeah, he's wearing a cowboy hat and he's right up front. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. And then I heard his voice on Michael Jackson's Thriller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are your thoughts on his role in Thriller? Oh, I love it. I, yeah. I think the, the song's awesome. The video's amazing. It's probably the greatest video of all time. And just having him in there, just like in Alice Cooper's uh, Welcome My Nightmare, both those songs with, with Price, it's just amazing. I mean, his again, that voice, he able, is able to convey so much menace and everything through his voice that he just adds to both of those songs. It's just perfect. See, I was going to ask you about the uh, the the Alex Cooper connection because I know you're more rock metal kind of a background that sort of thing. And I was going to ask, mm-hmm. what do you prefer him in, Michael Jackson Thriller or working with Alex Cooper? Both. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they're, 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 I love both the songs honestly, and they're both fantastic. You know, and they're both really great. You know, as far as like Vincent Price's voice, you're saying it was so menacing. Is this a guy from Minnesota? I mean, how does somebody from Minnesota get? that kind of a delivery and presence when it comes to, to his voice work. I mean, it blows my mind. Yeah. Really not sure how that came about. You know, I think his parents were actors, I I think. So, Mm. you know, I think maybe there's something there and I know he had training, you know, he did a lot of theatrical training and worked in stage theater stuff. So, he was classically trained. I mean, he wasn't just, you know, a horror actor. I mean, you and I know him as a horror guy, but but he right. did tons of stage work, a lot of non-horror work. I mean, he, he had quite a, a background before he started making these monster movies, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they kind of had him in, in mind for the leading man role, you know, that, that mold early on. And I think he, he was a handsome guy, so he definitely could have fit that and could have just had a career doing just leading man roles. But really starting with, well, really starting with House of Wax, from that point on, he got pretty much typecast just because he was so good at it, you know? Right. I mean, I know he did The Invisible Man Returns early, but it's mm-hmm. not like you saw him on screen, so you couldn't, like, pigeonhole him as a horror guy. But yeah, right. House of Wax and then, you know, a number of other iconic, important horror movies, uh, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about here, I'm sure, once we talk about our top three later on. But uh, some, some of the highlights, House of Wax, House on Haunted Hill, uh, The Fly. You can't think classic monster movies without thinking Vincent Price. I mean, I, I, I like that we've got, no offense to our listeners outside of the country, but I like that we have an American you know, who is at the same level, in my mind, as Christopher Lee, as Peter Cushing. Oh, yeah, he's on the Mount Rushmore of uh, <laughs> horror movie stars, you know. It's, it's Cushing and, and Lee and, and Price and Karloff, really, I guess. Yeah. Those guys and Lugosi. I guess those are your biggies, you know. What did you think of him in House of Long Shadows? Because you get to see him with Cushing, with Lee, and with John Carradine. Yeah, it's not a great movie. So, I mean, it's great seeing all those guys together. Well, and Desi Arnaz Jr., come on, you got to give it up for Desi, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> right. I wish it could have been, I wish those guys could have all been together, you know, 15 years earlier and something. Yeah, it, it has this kind of reunion swan song kind of feel to it, but there's something about it that doesn't, it doesn't feel as celebratory as I feel like it should. Mm-hmm. 
But I do like seeing him with Lee and coaching them. You know, it's fun to see them all kind of interact together because, like you said, the Mount Rushmore of classics, I love it. I like it. I want to see some fan <laughs> art now. You know, Mount Rushmore set up with Price. I don't know which head you would put Price at, but uh, I, I like it. Yeah, and I guess <laughs> Cheney Jr. also should be added to, to that list. But <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, we can start going through the list. I mean, uh, but that would be a totally different type of show here. Or we're just talking yeah. about our favorites. We don't got to be able to go see. Well, well Dry Fry. Dry Fry. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that Vincent Price seemed to have a good sense of humor about what he did. And, and he knew what his voice was. And he would lend his voice to projects or his performance to projects that are just completely outside the norm, like the Batman TV series. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely embraced that that schlockness of his and you know he didn't just he just didn't do it just for a page i mean he definitely in, enjoyed doing it. it it comes through and i think that's true of most actors who are considered great so you can see that they are really enjoying what they do and and that that does definitely come through he he liked the camp as much as the serious if not more than the serious stuff i think in later years he maybe even came to prefer it you know sure so it's it's good stuff and then, of course, I think for modern audiences, uh, his most mainstream role, at least towards the end of his career, would be his appearance in Edward Scissorhands and his association with Tim Burton, which, of course, Tim Burton's got to thank for Vincent Price. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing I like of Burton's is that short film, Vincent. Yes. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but um, yeah. it's anim- one of Tim's very earliest pieces, and it's animated. It's about a little boy named Vincent Malloy who is just obsessed with Vincent Price and thinks he's Vincent Price, and it's narrated by Vincent Price. It's a beautiful little short piece, and to me, it's one of the best things that Tim Burton's ever done. Not a big fan of Burton's later work. I think at some point, I don't know, man, it's just not doing it for me anymore, but his early stuff, you know, that and Frank and Weenie and those Mm-hmm. Uh, early films, Tim, uh, the Ed Wood movie, you know, that stuff's spot on. I mean, mm-hmm. I love it all. And um, that that short film, Vincent, is, is in my top of uh, kind of the, I don't know what you really, uh, almost like the um, vanity pieces or, or, uh, or um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but the short films work or voice work that, that Price did, like that and Thriller mm-hmm. and, and the Welcome to My Nightmare I'd put Vincent right up there with that stuff. It's fantastic. So Vincent, basically the Larry Underwood life story. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So when you said that he's a hero of yours, what I mean, did you well, mold Doctor Green Green after anything that that Price I'll did, or? Defi- well, I definitely think the influence of the film House on Haunted Hill probably. You know, there were a few key elements that that I would say influenced me into wanting to be a horror host and. And put a show on and, you know, our local TV horror host being Sir Cecil Creep being one of them. But the influence of Vincent Price in films like House of Haunted Hill being the other, you know, where he is the the host in the dapper tuxedo and everything. I, I, and and just the overall presence of, of Vincent Price. I, I would definitely call that an influence. So, yeah, that's that's where the, the hero term came from. Yeah. You, you mentioned he was always a dapper. Did Vincent Price ever wear just jeans and a T-shirt in anything? I mean, he's always wearing a suit, right? In my mind, he didn't even wear jeans and a T-shirt around the house, you know? <laughs> <laughs> always had the suit jacket or whatever, yeah. Yeah, or even if he was out doing something, it'd be, you know, some kind of spiffier wear than jeans and a T-shirt. I don't know, man. Uh, not that I know of. I mean. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do if I saw him 
<laughs> jeans and a t. I don't know if I'd recognize him. I mean, he's yeah. so so proper, you know. Yeah, that's a strange thought. <laughs> you know, we talked about how he did horror movies. He did all these other kind of movies. What are some movies that we think that, or that you can think of that you wish more people had seen when it comes to Vincent Price films that that may not be on the top of everybody's list or or on everybody's radar? Yeah, there's one film that comes to mind right off offhand. It's one of my favorites. That uh, it's called The Baron of Arizona. It's not a horror movie. It is based on historical fact about a guy who was a uh, con artist, a swindler, and he almost swindled the entire state of Arizona away from the United States government. And Vincent Price, Price plays the lead in it. It plays just a real bastard in it, and he does it. Re- <laughs> I mean, it's a really good movie. It does a really great job in it, um, portraying just this this cruel and ruthless guy. Um, I can highly recommend that one. Um, one of his movies that uh, I have a soft spot for that's a terrible movie is called The Monster Club. <laughs> it's a amicus film. It's one of the horror anthology films. And um, it was made sometime in the 80s. And it, it's not a great film by any means, but I just uh, have a real soft spot in my heart for that one. So that, that'd be another on my list. That's got a great soundtrack, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got this reggae kind of... Welcome to the Monster Club song. Yeah. Uh, John Carradine's in that movie also. And Donald it's Pleasance. It's pretty hokey. Yeah, and, yes. and, and you know, he gets to work with Donald Pleasance in that. And, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, I haven't seen that in a long time, but I do have the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, everybody knows about Price's Poe films, the, the Corman stuff. That stuff's top, sure. top notch also. Sure, sure. And I mean, I, and, and we'll get into this when we talk about our top threes. I mean, he's known for some of these costume things with, with Corman and – you know, a few other things here and there that I think a lot of people already know about. I'm sure they can kind of predict some of the movies that are going to be at least on my list. What about the Dr. Goldfoot movies? What can you tell me about those? I'm fascinated I've never been by them. I'm a fan of those. those really? Those have never, yeah, I try to watch them. They just, I don't know, just not, don't do it for me. I mean, I appreciate he's having, obviously having a great time. He's enjoying the hell out of hanging out with these hot women in bikinis. You know, you can tell <laughs> Vincent is just having the time of his life making them. But they're not as much fun to watch, really, because it's just not great movies. But they're interesting for what they are, you know? <laughs> and then outside of his horror work, I think a lot of people know, you know, he was an artist. He was active in a lot of things. Um, you don't have any art by price or anything. I mean, do you? No, I wish not I yet. did. Yeah. He was, a, he was a collector. He was a big collector. Yeah. And, um, at one point, he um, Sears licensed or hired him to sort of be the pitch man for a series of original paintings that they were selling that you could buy these um, classic art pieces and own a piece of classic art that Vincent Price kind of curated. He was sort of the guy that went around and bought up all these paintings and brought them, and Sears offered them for people to buy. So, you know, he he was a big proponent of, of the visual arts, and and I think that's pretty cool. He uh, ended up donating a lot of artwork to a, a, a school or a university somewhere at one point, didn't he? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he was also a cook. I think uh, every time Elvira starts talking about Vincent Price, she always mentions that he was a cook uh, or oh, yeah. a gourmet chef. Uh, which Yes, he was. As cool as that sounds, I always think, you know, this is the Witchfinder General making me a meal. I, I couldn't handle I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, I just, no. <laughs> oh man, I think it's I think it's pretty cool to think he's a gourmet chef. I mean, it just adds to the whole Renaissance man feel of of, of Vincent Price. You know, he can do it all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely more than just guy in scary movies. You know, he's got you know all this history and all this other 
part of him that he would share with some, you know, with the world on occasion. But I mean, he had, mm-hmm. you know, this huge. I don't want to say he had like this big life away from the camera, but there's so much more to price than just the guy who wears suits, you know, on, yeah. on screen. So, which is fascinating. So, what I found out that you love Vincent Price is like, well, I gotta get I gotta get you on the show because we did a poll over on the Facebook group. What actor do you want me to do a top three treatment of? And Vincent Price was at the top of the list. I'm like, well, I can't do it by myself. I got to get Larry because he loves right he loves Vincent <laughs> Price, man. And he was a big dog lover. So myself being a, a animal lover, particularly of dogs, have three myself. That kind of also resonated, sort of struck home when I found that out. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he just seems like a nice guy, despite the oh, characters yeah. he played. He just seemed like a genuinely nice, well-rounded guy. Yeah, I mean, if I could go back and meet any of those guys, he would definitely be one of the ones, you know, that I would love to sit down and have a conversation with, for yeah. sure. I just want to hear him talk some more. Like yeah, he said, me too. You know, read a shopping list or a phone book or something. He has such a great delivery. It's funny, guys like him and Karloff and Cushing, they're genuinely nice people and good people. They're pigeonholed as these boogeymen, the horror stars and everything, but they're some of just the sweetest, nicest guys you could have ever met from all accounts, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool you know to think about you think i don't know you you know more about the man than i do do you think he ever had issues or or concerns about being stuck in the boogeyman role i don't think so i think he embraced it you know i I mean we talked about that towards the end of his career but i mean like did he ever want to try to break out while he was still you know i don't know maybe early on when he still sort of had the leading man image you know kind of goal in mind at that when they first started getting all those horror roles at some point, maybe. I mean, there's certainly people that would know more than me, but I think he was just happy to work, you know, and just embrace what roles he had. To see an example of the diversity of the things that he was involved with, movie-wise and otherwise, a couple of years ago, you did a series on your blog, The Vincentennial, and it was 100 posts about Vincent Price. That was what, in 2011? Yes, that sounds right. Yeah. What motivated you to do 100 posts? I mean, outside of the obvious. I mean, did you right. have all this material ready to go? No, no, no. When <laughs> they announced that they were going to do the Vincentennial Celebration in St. Louis, that's what gave me the idea. I thought, well, I'll do the 100th post in, in honor of the man's 100th birthday celebration. And my friend uh, Robert Taylor is a huge Vincent Price collector, and he has tons of memorabilia. So I wrote Robert and said, hey, you know, do you think it'd be okay if I shared a couple of uh, – pictures of a piece a couple of pieces of your collection and he was super generous sent me all kinds of uh personal artifacts that he owns things like vincent prices you know actors guild cards and driver's license cards that he that vincent carried around in his wallet that robert now owns and pieces of personal uh items that either vincent owned or people in his family owned and so i included all that in my countdown along with you know other movie you know movie reviews or just whatever i felt like doing it was just write about something different every day for 100 days and it wound up being a you know a lot more work than i thought it was going to be when i first started it but it was fun it was nice to get it done and and do 100 vincent price posts i was scrolling through it this morning trying to find one or two things to kind of mention to you my favorite thing that i've seen so far and i haven't looked at them all was vincent price's father's scrapbook oh yeah How, how cool is that I know it's got like a little lock of his hair in there and, you know, just one of his little baby booties. And yeah, I mean, just all kinds of it's very cool. I mean, that's that that's priceless. You know, that's the kind of thing that Uh is a true one of a kind. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah, no, it's very what, – were there any one or – can you remember? I know it's been a couple of years. Were there one or two items that just kind of blew your mind that you had no idea you'd find anything about or just anything like that? I'm sure there was. I, I had to go back through it again. It's been – like I said, it's been a couple of years. But mm-hmm. um, that the scrapbook was one of them for sure that I was like, man, I can't believe you had that and the Screen Actors Guild card. and I mean everything. Everything that he shared with me, I, I was – I was amazed and and couldn't believe that uh, you know that he had it. I, one thing I remember asking Robert about is um, I said, you know, Vincent was a huge dog lover. I wonder if we could figure out a way to list the names of all the dogs that he owned through the years. And just within a couple of days, he wrote me back and he had gone through the biography and autobiographies of, of price and um, came back and, and we figured it out. Got a list of, of, you know, starting with Joe, his first dog, which he wrote a book about on through and got really? a list of all the names of all of his dogs through the years. Yeah. So he was an author as well. I guess maybe I didn't know that. Yeah. He had some cookbooks he put out and yeah. So he wrote the book of Joe, uh, which was about his first dog. And then from there, you know, of course his daughter mentions several of them. So anyway, um, Robert was able to go through and figure it out loud. So we got it, a list of the names of his dogs, which I just thought would be kind of something neat to have. Sure. Yeah. That's one of those things that you don't, you know, it's one of those personal things, you know? So, yeah, I went on um, Google maps and looked up pictures of one of his houses and showed from the street view, you know, mm-hmm. kind of what Vincent Price's house looked like and things like that, that, you know, just try to make interesting posts that are more about more than just, well, I really like this movie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, at the end of July, and I don't know, have you been following this? Uh, somebody took Vincent Price's journal from when he started traveling around, I believe, Europe and mm-hmm. started posting it as a series of blogs, as if Vincent Price wow. was blogging. Have you oh, followed that to, at all? I have not. You'll have to send me a link to that. It's a vincentpricejournal.wordpress.com. Uh, yeah, he's like in Europe, and, and they're showing pictures that would be relevant to when Vincent Price would have been there, postcards, videos, things like that. It's fascinating, you know, as if Vincent Price was blogging today, So, which yeah. I'm sure he'd get a kick out of being the boogeyman, you know. <laughs> That's right. He's back. Yeah, so I'll make sure there's a link to that in the show notes as well, as well as your Vincentennial post, which is uh, at drgangreen.blogspot. Or drgangreen.com. We'll get them there, too. Okay, cool. So we'll make sure there's a link to that. links to everything that we've talked about with Larry, about Vincent Price, about his blog, about Larry's website, all that, you can find in our show notes over at monsterkidradio.net. Of course, if you can't head over there for whatever reason, just remember Dr. Gain Green, Google him up, it won't hurt, and you'll be able to find everything that we've talked about. Next time, we're going to go through the top three Vincent Price movies list between he and I, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about Vincent Price movies and just kind of wrap things up by talking about, well, more Vincent Price, because... Well, you just can't go wrong with Vincent Price. Have I said Vincent Price enough? Vincent Price. And don't forget about our contest for the Matango mini bust from sculptor Tom Beagler. Here's how you win. Now, Matango is a movie about, well, kind of sort of killer mushrooms. Mushrooms are bad. Personally, I don't like them anyway. If you listen to those episodes, you'll hear my deep, dark secret about mushrooms. But there are some other nasty little vegetables out there. So to get your name into the drawing... For the Matango Mini Bust, you have to email me at monsterkidradio at gmail.com. 
your name, your mailing address, and then you get to make up the name of another killer vegetable movie and then maybe a byline or two about what that movie is about. We've had some great entries. I'd like to see some more. And on August 31st, I'm going to take all the entries, jumble them all up. I'll draw one on the show. That person will win. The Matango Mini Bust by Tom Beagler comes complete with a certificate of authenticity. It's one of a kind. And I kind of wish I could keep it for myself. We're going to have Tom on the show in the future again to talk about some other monster movies. And like I said, Larry will be back in part two of our Vincent Price coverage here at Monster Kid Radio at monsterkidradio.net. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivations, 3.0, Unported license. Of course, that does not apply to the song The Heinous Mr. Hyde, which appears on this episode of Monster Kid Radio by permission of the band The Coffin Daggers. You can find it on the album Monsters from the Id, or you can listen to it right now. <laughs> 